covenant in the Bible with a man, God talking to a man in terms of covenant in Genesis chapter 6, talking to Noah. Things were going down. God told Noah, you come into a covenant with me, I preserve you. And God just told him, you're just going to take instruction. That's all. Do this act, do this, do that. Put your children, put your, 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 your son's wives and everybody, put them in. And then the Bible says this water came, covered everywhere. After 40 days and 40 nights, God said, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 9, God remembered his covenant with, 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 with Noah and started to cause the water to recede. Now, every, everything, every living creature had been destroyed. Only Noah, a man who enjoyed a covenant with God, remained. Only him and his household remained. Remained just because there was a covenant between him and God. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. So it's extremely important that we understand that God wants to walk in a covenant with us. And it's your choice if you want to walk with covenant, in covenant with God or not. It's your choice. Because the truth is that you can be in a covenant and you don't even know and you don't honor it. So it's of no effect. Yeah, it's of no effect. Because you are in a covenant. If you have given your life to Christ, you are in a covenant with God. But if you don't understand the covenant, you don't honor the covenant, it takes no effect in your life. God said, I also have covenants with things that I've created, even elements of this world. Jeremiah 33, when you read from verse 20, says, Thus says the Lord, if you, Jeremiah 33, verse 20 to 22, said, If you can break my covenant with day and my covenant with night, so that there will be, there will not be day and night in their season. Then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. Can you imagine that? <laughs> also, look at that. So, so, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne. And with the Levites and the priests, my ministers. God here said, you know what? I have a covenant with day. I have a covenant with night. And if I will not break my covenant with them, which he has not done in thousands of years since he created them, he said, that's it. That, 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 on that premise, I can tell you today, I'm not going to break my covenant also with this man. David was also another man that worked in covenant with God. One of the covenant promises that God gave David is that the throne of Israel will not depart from his house forever. It's an everlasting covenant. And sometimes God enters like that into an everlasting covenant. When Christ died for us, God also entered into an everlasting covenant with us. An everlasting covenant with us. It was after the order of the covenant that he had with David. An everlasting one. Look at this. Uh, glory to Jesus. I said glory to Jesus. So God got, got into an everlasting covenant with, with David. And God says, I have a covenant with day, I have a covenant with night. And I don't break those covenants. So I will not break my covenant with you. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, the Bible says that uh, being, he said, we have been born again, not with corruptible things like 
silver or gold or all those things, but he said, by the, the, the blood. So my salvation is not based on what I've done. He said, it's by the blood. Because without the shedding of the blood, there's no remission of sin. And Bible says that our covenant with him is at that level of blood covenant based on what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And that's why it's not something that we can take for granted and, or think that it has no effect. Or think that it has no effect because it does. It does. It has a strong effect and we must come into that. We must experience that. We must embrace it. Evans operates in you know, con contracts and covenant. In Genesis 9, that, like I said, God showed up. In Genesis 15, God showed up to Abraham and caught the second covenant with man. Another man that God caught a covenant with, Abraham. And that was also caught on the blood because God told him, take animals and cut them. And he walked in between them while the blood was flowing. When God took the, wanted to take the covenant to a whole new level, all he did was to tell Abraham, go and sacrifice your son. And though he told Abraham to withhold his son, to hold on to his son, he also gave him a lamb. The blood was shed. And God swore over Abraham. I'm just talking about progression that we can have in our covenant work with God. I will progress in our covenant work with God, you know, just progressing and, and moving, moving forward. Can you help me ask your neighbor this morning, do you have a covenant with God? Many people would rather work with God without a covenant. But I know I'm speaking to many people this morning here who would prefer that there's no contract, no agreement. Let's just, let God be happy, let me be happy. Let him just know that I'm not angry with him and he's not angry with me. Yeah, so I, I pray when I choose to. I show up in worship like this when I choose to. Uh, let him also bless me when he, when he loves and when he doesn't. Let him go on. I can take care of myself. Many people have such notions. Some elements of the covenant, as I start to, 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 to round up. Some elements of the covenant. Let's look at some elements of the covenant. One is that the covenanting parties must have capacity. That speaks to credibility and character of the people involved in the covenant. In every covenant, every agreement, as we sign them, we all sign contracts every day. In the first instance, you, you get into signing an agreement with anyone because you have seen uh, some kind of proof of performance. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, because it's very silly for you to even try to sign an agreement with somebody who cannot perform. And you know, it's obvious to you the person cannot perform. And then you still went ahead. You know that by the time you are signing the agreement, it's null and void. Yeah. And in our own case, that was what God did. God signed a contract, an agreement with us, knowing that truly we cannot perform. I hope you understand what I'm saying. He knows. So he is the one that is actually endangered because he knows that man, man can't be faithful. Man, but yet he said, 
I'm still going to enter into a covenant with you. I'm going to come to an agreement with you. But the only difference is that in the Old Testament, God got into an agreement and a contract with people. And what the Old Testament was supposed to do is to reveal to us that we cannot walk in covenant. So, the Bible says, the law was introduced to show man our frailties, our inabilities. That was why God introduced the law. To say, if you do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. This, and if you don't do this, I'm going to deal with you. Now, in the Old Testament, God brought a cover up for them. I know you are going to fail. But every time you fail, kill animals, sacrifice, I will overlook it and will continue. But he did not take the whole essence away. In the New Testament, Jesus came and said, well, just going, it's just going to be an exchange. I'm taking your sin, you take my righteousness. And you are righteous once and for all. So you don't have to come back again and again and kill animals. It's one death, one, and gone. And we're true. Somebody say with me today. Yeah. Just once and, 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 and we're true. Bible uh, alluding to this in Hebrews chapter 8, when you read from verse 6, uh, 6 to 10, uh, chapter 8 from, from, from verse 6, it says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on a better promise. Verse 7 says, For if the first covenant, talking about the Old Testament, has been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, this day, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, but they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their heart, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. In the New Testament, God is the one that enables us. Let me explain what I'm saying. I'm coming into a covenant with you. I know you, you lack the capacity to perform. I will give you the capacity to perform. That's what grace is all about. I give you the capacity to perform. I remain constant. I cannot deny myself. I have the capacity. You don't. It's simply put, it's like coming into giving somebody... Uh, local purchase order and funding it for them. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. And then still signing an agreement that you're going to do this supply. But I'm the one funding you. I enable you to deliver because I know you lack capacity. That's the kind of covenant we have with God. Secondly, there must be a consideration. What is promised by one party in exchange for the promise? There's always something. God, God says, I'll cover you. God says, I will do this for you. God says, I will be there for you. God says, this is covenant, covenant of health, covenant of long life, covenant of divine prosperity, 
covenant of divine supply, a covenant of increase. Can go on and on and on. Number three, there must be a consequence. What happens when the covenant is broken? What are the repercussions? Today we walk in covenant with God as if there are no consequences. You just do whatever you like. Somebody can't be explaining away certain things in the Bible and you just feel God will continue to mark time with you. You are overexposing yourself. The moment you are not covering your part of the covenant, you are exposing yourself to the school of hard knocks. You know some people, you have, for instance, let me just mention this in one, one the Holy Spirit is just bringing this to my mind. Some people, you know, when things are okay and you have plenty of money, everybody is telling you, how do you honor God in your finances? I say, uh, God understands now. You know, or some people can throw a party, for instance, and lavish 50 million naira, 10 million naira. But to write a check of 2 million to say I'm supporting a project in church or I'm paying my tithe is so difficult for you. Some of us are even so frivolous out there, and you have friends like that. They can, you can, they can buy a car for a girlfriend. But when they get into the kingdom, and God is touching your heart. Bless that man. Sometimes it's even bless your pastor. And I'm saying that unashamedly. Because the blessing sometimes is tied to blessing your pastor. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And then you're rationalizing and thinking and thinking about it. But you know how you used to be. When you're in the hand of the devil. And you know that's not sustainable. That's why you came into the kingdom. So if God be God, let's serve him well and serve him based on the covenant. That's what I'm saying this morning. Are you still here today? Number four, covenant had as a leveler when made between a lesser and a greater party. It acts as a leveler. The covenant that we have with God has brought us to the level of God. It's brought us to the level of God. We are small g gods in this world. It's the covenant. You know, sometimes when people make statements like, I cannot die young. <laughs> I cannot be poor. It's based on the covenant, nothing more. If you are making such statements based on the covenant, it happens for you just like that. Yeah. I cannot fail. If you have the understanding of the covenant, if it's based on the covenant that you are making such utterances, it's because you now believe that God has brought you to his level. If Jesus cannot fail on a project, I'm not supposed to fail on that project. Because working in covenant with God has brought me to the level of God. It's a leveler. Yeah. Whatever belongs to me belongs to you. That's what God says when he brings us into a covenant with him. And we must have that understanding, especially at this time. Number five, covenants are usually win-win. So they forge strong, advantageous relationships. It's usually win-win. When it becomes win-lose, that's a problem. And that's when God starts to shy away and just say, look, my interest is no longer protected in this relationship or in this agreement. Praise God. I said, praise God. One major benefit of working in covenant with God is that it, it brings you to a point where you are double sure, triple sure, you know, 
the result is guaranteed notwithstanding what you are going through right now. Yeah. Result, results are guaranteed. That's one major thing. You see, you can live your life, and that's not a good place to live at all, where you are not sure of what the future holds. When you are not sure of how some things will pan out. When you are not, you are not really sure of anything at all. See, when you are still living on that plane, when people say, anybody can die at any time, and you say, yes, it's true. Because my friend died yesterday. Yeah. When you are still at that level where you say, ah, sometimes, I mean, life is about good and bad, and sometimes, you know, uh, um, a business can crash, and it will crash, and everybody's saying, yes, can crash. And you cannot say, mine. If I thought experience anything like crashing, it's because he wants to resurrect. Because I'm in a covenant. And the giver of the covenant is powerful. Are you, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Until we know and we are fully assured that results are guaranteed, we are not in the full knowledge of the covenant or the one we are in covenant with. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 16, I close with this. Verse 16, I'll read down to 20 or 21. So therefore, it's of faith that it may be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, who, whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were, who contrary to hope. Look at this. This is God not talking about Abraham fully. He says, who contrary to hope, in hope believe, so that because the father, so, 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 so he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. God here, talking about Abraham, Abraham got the status of a righteous man just because he believed that the covenant is guaranteed. Guaranteed. God says, there's no better way to prove to me that you are a righteous person and that I am righteous than for you to believe that when I say a thing, I do it. That my covenant with you cannot be broken. That I will not break my covenant. That I will not break my covenant. So a covenant has a strong benefit in the sense that that's the highest level of living and it's the only thing that stands. As I close today, as believers, we need to trust God to understand and walk in the covenant. Unbelievers take themselves to shrines. And based on the efficacy of 
of the mediator of the covenant. Sometimes the mediator is Okija. They know that if you break this covenant, you are a goner. It's not that kind of fear that God expects from us. But you see that sense of reference that comes from a loving father to show that I'm in a covenant with God the same way somebody has boldness and confidence. You know, some people can commit their whole estates. Sometimes it, it, it's a political clout that is in exchange. And they wanted something that will cover their, their back. Am I saying the truth? That's why they do that. Now God is saying, well, can you also trust me in the same manner that I am a performer God so that whatever I ask of you to do, you do. Then I perform my side of the bargain. And then your Christian experience becomes something that is not frivolous, but that is founded, established, firmly on my faithfulness and my strength as your father, your God, your king. And the one who says a thing and is established.